Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Thank you for joining me on yet another weekly episode of the show. You know, I had a really good interview today with someone who I really enjoy reading his materials. He's got great books out there. One of my favorite is a book called Wealth Can't Wait. His name is David Osborne, and I wasn't sure what to expect before the interview, but I knew I was going to enjoy it because he talks about things that I really resonate with, not just investing or creating wealth, but mindset and building momentum and just having you know the right habits in your life and creating the right environment and designing the lifestyle that you want to have for you and your family. So I was prepared for the interview and um, we got talking before I actually started recording and it was just amazing to me uh, on how many things I clicked with him on um, from his amazing bookshelf, shelves, I guess plural, in his house to the types of books he's reading, the habits he's working on, the things he's tracking, his interest in health and nutrition, what he's doing there. I could have talked to him for four hours just on kind of our housekeeping portion of the uh, interview. So then we just decided, okay, well, let's just start recording because everything we're talking about, we can just talk about, you know, as part of the interview. And then we ended up talking a little bit more towards the end, but he had to run. So intriguing guy. I'm going to have him back on the show. David Osborne is, you know, really dialed in. But anyway, I hope you enjoy today's episode. I think you will. This might be probably one of my favorite for the year, just based on how it went. And so I wish I could have talked to him a lot longer with more stuff, but you know, we were going for an hour and a good part of that was actually the interview itself. So anyway, I'm not going to delay that any longer. I hope everything is going well for you and enjoy today's episode. And we will bring David back on in the near future because uh, I think there's so much more that we can talk about. Well, anyway, enjoy today's episode and I will uh, see you on the other side. Well, I'm really excited to welcome my next guest, David Osborne. I've been looking forward to having him on the show for quite a while because he's got such great content and he's such a successful guy. David has built one of the top real estate brokerages in the US, actually in the world, with more than 4,500 agents and annual sales exceeding $10 billion a year, which is phenomenal. He's the number one best-selling author of several books, including Miracle Morning Millionaires and one of my favorites, Wealth Can't Wait. And he has a new book out called Bidding to Buy, a step-by-step guide to investing in real estate foreclosures. David is also an educator, which I love, and he teaches audiences how to live abundant lives through goal setting, hiring great talent, and developing multiple streams of income, which I am a huge fan of. With that, David, welcome to the show. Hey, Marco, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. I have to tell you, I uh, was walking through the airport, I think it was LAX one day, and I always pop my head into the bookstore, you know, Hudson News or whatever it is. I'm a big fan of books. Obviously, you are. If people are watching the video right now, they can see there's probably about 5,000 books behind you on your bookshelves. Yeah. Um, so I'm an avid, avid learner, avid reader, and obviously you are too. But I saw this book, which was the same colors of my brand at Norada Real Estate Investments. It's white, red, and black. And uh, that color drew me in, and I saw the title, which caught my eye, Wealth Can't Wait. And I picked it up, and I made a decision in half a second to buy it, just because everything about it was so cool. I want to talk about that today. 
However, let's start with you because you're my guest and you're a very interesting person. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll kind of dive into uh, a couple of your books and pull out some of the highlights and whatnot. Sure. My background is uh, military family. So a military brat raised all over the world, uh, basically Germany and England. My dad retired back to Austin, Texas. Um, I was kind of a, a bad kid. Like I, I was a C student and a little bit of a troublemaker at school. I used to, I think of myself as a rebel without a clue. Um, I used to talk back. I was only really scared of my pops and he was, you know, the green break colonel. So I, I, I got thrown out of a couple high schools uh, still got to college, was a good tester, got through college uh, with a 2.3 GPA, barely made it through. But the one thing all the way through, I, I liked working. I liked getting a paycheck. I think I thought a lot of school was hypocritical and I had a hard time with it for that reason. <laughs> but I was a good worker. I, had a, I, I, was a, I worked construction. I worked bagging groceries. And then I started a lawn mowing company. So I was a lawnmower kid. Made 20 grand living at home at age 17. And thought I was rich, bought a truck and a computer, which both the fastest depreciating items you could buy. And uh, then I graduated. And my dad said, college, Marines, or get out of the house. And I chose college. But to get back on him, I, I failed all my classes. Then I went out of college, barely made it through. And I got my first job. And my first job was computer sales, which is door-to-door -door computer sales, where you walk into a skyscraper, walk into an office right past the no solicitation signs, and try to find out who's in charge of purchasing in that, in that company. It was really fun. I did that for a year. I was one of the top three salespeople every month, pretty much. And uh, then my boss was female, and she wanted a little more for me than work, if you know what I mean. So it kind of ruined that whole vibe. My best friend hitchhiked around the world as a tradition. His whole family did. So he invited me to go with him. I wasn't going to go, but because of the bad vibe at my office, I quit my job, sold all my possessions, hitchhiked around the world for two years, came back from that dead broke. And my mom was a real estate agent and I had sworn I would never get into real estate. I would never do it. But I, I, she was like, hey, why don't you come work for me temporarily while you look for a real job? And so I, I got into real estate that way and I've been here ever since. What a great career it's been. That's an amazing journey, especially with, uh, I've never heard of door-to-door -door computer sales before, but I can't imagine the sales skills you acquired in doing that. You deal with a lot of rejection. You certainly learn to take a lot of rejection. So that's, uh, you know, one of the things you got to learn to do and it's really painful. You know, somebody told me once getting rejected is like getting a little needle stuck in the arm or something. They've, they've put, hooked people up to like, you know, electronics. And when you get rejected, you get that same sort of bit of stress, but the more you do it, the more you get used to it. And there's something about being bold in life that really pays off. And I was a fairly timid kid. I don't think I was born bold, but I, I taught myself to be bold by walking right by all those no solicitation signs. Do you think you were born an entrepreneur or did that just come about with uh, your journey and then working with your mom and whatever else? I think I wanted to be free. I definitely wasn't born a leader. I had to teach myself how to lead. I definitely wasn't born with an extraordinary amount of drive. Um, but I was born with sort of a curiosity and uncommon curiosity, I guess. And sort of, you know, I grew up on a farm. So you're out all the time in the woods and doing stuff. And uh, I think uh, hard working for a paycheck came good to me, but I had to learn all the rest of it. I think most of life is learned. The only thing you can't really learn is that inner little fire you got to keep burning to, to drive yourself in whatever direction you want to go. Yeah, very interesting listening to you speak because it sounds like what goes on in my head or what happened to me. I think we're all born and we all want to be free. I knew that at the age of about nine. It was very clear to me. And, and then I pursued the entrepreneurial path on my own at the age of 13. I was coding, looking to develop a game to sell because that was my mindset. But um, beautiful, beautiful. I, I kind of did some coding, too. That's funny. I, 
I was a gamer too, a big gamer. And then I was writing a program actually for my lawn mowing company back in those days. It was just DOS to create a, a receipt, an invoice. Right. And then one of my buddies, I had like a hundred hours into it. And remember, I'm a C student. So I'm working on stuff I want to work on. I'm terrible at school. And then a buddy of mine like erased the whole thing. And I was like, damn it, I am not going to be a coder. <laughs> like he didn't mean to. He was just <laughs> using my computer to play a game. And the next thing you know, the whole thing I'd created was gone. That sucks. Well, sorry to hear that. Well, it was kind of a blessing, really, if you think about it, because I think I did fine going the way I went. Yeah, we discover our path based on, you know, who we are, what our character is, what we want. You know, yeah. we define our life, but life also helps define us. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Well, that's Both. a good segue. I mean, one of the books you wrote was uh, with Hal Elrod, who I just interviewed back in February. Great guy. But Great you wrote guy. Miracle Morning Millionaires yeah. off of his brand, Miracle Morning. Now, I haven't read your book, but I'm familiar with Miracle Morning. And, you know, a lot of it is about rituals. And I know that you have rituals that you pursue each and every day. Just out of curiosity, what are some of your morning rituals that helps contribute to your life, lifestyle, and your success? Sure. I mean, it's great now because, again, I'm affluent. It was different when I was grinding, which I did for 15 to 20 years where I worked. Uh, I, I, I used to say you have to work two years in one, but it was really more like one and a half in one, Me, you know, working 60 to 70 hours a week. But now I've got some resources. So I usually wake up at about 5.30. If I don't feel like getting out of bed, I'll click on a meditation in my bed. I try to meditate every day, sometimes twice a day. Uh, and then I flip out, have my delicious coffee with my golden turmeric powder in it. And then I go to the sauna and I do my sauna. And when it's cold outside, I do the cold plunge in the swimming pool. I just ordered a cold plunge. Uh, so it should be coming in soon. And that's my perfect ideal day, a hot sauna for 20 minutes then a cold plunge. And then I intermittent fast. And then, you know, then I go after it. I like to actually now drive my kids to school, but I try to keep my morning a little bit protected. So I can be in control of my morning and then let my afternoon run with itself. Nice. I love everything I'm hearing. This is so funny. I, I mean, I've never spoken to you before, but I'm listening to all the things you're listing off. And it's like, yep, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I, I've been doing intermittent fasting here for months now. And this is just yeah. crazy. Okay. So people are listening to you. You've got these morning rituals. Great. That's good for you. Works for you. Maybe they're thinking it doesn't work for them. They can't fit it in. But if someone's listening to this and, and they're an aspiring millionaire, what rituals would you suggest they start with to kind of work their way into a ritual-based or miracle morning type of lifestyle? Yeah, well, what's great about Miracle Morning Millionaires is it's it's a very succinct, like you can just do 10 minutes on it or you can do two minutes on it and it's six things. So it's silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading and scribing like and i i'm a journal freak so i've always got my journals with me in fact i have one right here i have my work one right here so i have two journals and um yeah i think if you can do the silence which to me is meditations affirmations i know work i, I believe in them i just don't do them much anymore visualization so what i used to do when i had a busy day ahead of me is i would visualize each meeting and i would visualize myself going into the meeting and being powerful a little bit of tony robbins a little bit of different things so if i knew i had three appointments I just close my eyes. Maybe one's at a coffee shop with an agent I'm trying to recruit. I'd see myself walking in the co coffee shop, being full of life, being present. And so I try to visualize my way to success. Exercise speaks for itself. Now my biggest exercise is usually yoga. I do lift weights twice a week, but I do a lot of yoga. Oh, wow. And then reading, of course, I usually do in the evening and scribing. Sometimes I'll read something inspirational. I used to read a lot more. And then I think the thing I would add is if you're up and coming is then getting your day organized. Look at your day. Kind of, if you can either do it the night before or the morning of, I was always kind of liking to jump into it in the morning. I didn't like to look at it the day before because it would affect my sleep. 
So I'd, I'd look at my calendar for the day, make sure everything I have is on there, and then look for the most important appointment of the day and make sure I've got important stuff on my calendar and I'm not just filling it with busy work. You know, I think that coming up, doing the most important things is the most important thing. And so that's, it's not the trivial many, it's the vital few. And yeah. the vital few could be three things. You know, if you're a real estate investor, it's looking at deals maybe finding investors. If you're a real estate company broker owner, it's recruiting agents. If you're where I'm at, it's finding leaders. Like I'm constantly hiring and recruiting leaders now. Yeah. Yeah. So the vital really, I think many people do a list of 10 things and they just kind of work their way down. And I used to do that. Yeah. And then what I learned to do is if there's 10 things, prioritize them and then start with the top one. And if you only do the top three every day, you'll, you'll kill it. And if you try to do the bottom seven every day, you, you won't go nearly as far. Yeah, Brian Tracy likes to say, eat that frog. The frog is the thing that you don't want to deal with if it's the most important, biggest thing of your day and it's the one you want to avoid. But you know, if you start with that, then everything else becomes that much easier. You know what's great about that too is it becomes easier. It becomes irrelevant. Like every time now, I remember when I was an agent or back in the day selling and then I became a franchise owner, sort of opening franchises. If there was something nagging at me that I really didn't want to do, that's the thing I needed to right. do right away. Let's say there's a client that I was like, oh, he's probably going to be pissed. I don't really want to call him. The longer I waited, the worse it got. And yep. if I called them right away, it was like, they were always so grateful, even if they're angry at me, that I reached out to them first. Yep. Does that make sense? So yeah, I flipped the lid on that and I'm pretty good at that now. I'm. It's still not perfect, but nine out of 10 times I'll do that, eat that frog. And one out of 10, just like everybody else, I kind of weasel out and yep. you know, I give myself a break for that too. That's the way life is. You're not perfect. Yep. You weren't born perfect. And if you were perfect, life would be very boring. Yeah, exactly. And I know that so well, but I still find myself doing it every once in a while where I just want to avoid something because... It just feels better to avoid it than to take on the pain right away. But I know I'm doing the wrong thing. So that's all right. Well, there's another way to handle that too. You can delegate a lot of it too. So a lot of the stuff that used to really bog me down was like reading leases and reading legal contracts and all that yep. stuff. And then one day I just figured out, A, I was the bottleneck. That stuff was sitting on my desk. And B, I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. I was a C student and all. So now I just have a really good team of people, lawyers, and also someone on my team that reads all that stuff for me and then just summarizes it for me. So as you get more abundant, you get to delegate yeah. more. And 100%. I think that's one of the most important skills. And people are like, well, I can't afford to delegate. Well, you could have someone cut your yard. That's, you know, 50, maybe a hundred bucks a month nowadays. You could have someone clean your house. That's like 60 bucks a week or whatever. Yep. Like there, you start there and then eventually you delegate almost everything. Yep. I guarantee Warren Buffett and Bill Gates delegate everything. Yeah. It took me a while to get there, but now, you know, I've got someone for the garden. I've got someone for the pool. I used to do my own books. Mm -hmm. Now I've, you know, I've got eight or 10 companies. So now uh, that's completely, you know, outsourced and it feels good because I don't want to be doing that stuff. It's not my superpower, but let me get granular here a little bit more. We were talking about rituals, you know, for aspiring millionaires. If I kind of drill down a little bit further on that, what would you say are the most powerful or uh, let's say essential habits to success? Yeah, I think number one we just covered, which is doing the most important stuff. Like I, I had an identity crisis when I was 31. So I'd open up these franchises and I had a bunch going on and I, I kind of started getting shingles from stress and I was kind of like going a, a little crazy. Honestly, I was trying to work all the time. I, I really didn't give myself a break. And uh, in this six month sort of journey, I went of healing and recovering from that while working. Like I just kind of blended it all together. The, the most important thing I learned was to prioritize the top things. Yeah. And I think up until that time, I'd have a list of 20 things. I'd just start in whatever order I'd written them down. And a lot of times I'd do the easy stuff first. I'd wash my clothes or I'd call the you know, the insurance guy that I knew was trying to tell, sell me insurance. I never would go to that one call that I was scared of making to that prospect that might join my company. 
And then after all the work I did in this six painful months where I was having a, I used to call it a mini nervous breakdown. But what I realized later is it was an identity crisis, meaning the person I was, was not the person that was going to get to where I wanted to go. So one of two things had to break either my old identity or, or the dream that I had for financial freedom and success. And I chose to change my identity, which was painful. And then I came back from that and I would just do the top three things and I would blow everything off. And I remember one day I was sitting in my house working. That was because I was told that, by the way, the richest guy I knew at that time was worth about 50 million. I didn't know any rich people growing up. We were a soldier's family, but I did have a rich uncle that helped me quite a bit. Um, but anyway, I go to this guy and I said, what's your secret to success? And he says, write down the seven things I got to do each day and do the top three. That's it. Like write oh. down the seven most important things and do the top three. Like, it's so simple. I'm like, okay, I can live with that. And I started doing that. And uh, when I started doing that, I had more fun. I got better success. But one day I'm sitting in my house working and the power goes off because I hadn't paid my bills. So I decided paying the bills was not in the top three things, you know, and I, my kitchen stunk so bad I couldn't go in my kitchen because I hadn't washed the dishes because I decided that wasn't in my top three things. So then I had to learn the delegation piece and having a cleaner come over and having someone do my books. And uh, yeah, it's been a steady journey to where now it's ridiculous. The amount of my wife says our house is like Grand Central Station because there's people here all the time just taking care of all kinds of stuff. And I won't touch anything that is neither highly productive or refreshing to my soul. Like I'm going to do highly productive things, meet the you know billionaire that I got to meet with or, you know, go to the event that I got to go to or make a prospecting call. Or something that refreshes my soul, which is yoga or playing golf yeah. or the things that I love reading a book, but I'm not doing anything else. Got it. Well, let's transition here. Wealth Can't Wait. Interesting title. I bought it at LAX when I was on a trip. The subtitle of the book is Avoid the Seven Wealth Traps, Implement the Seven Business Pillars, and Complete a Life Audit Today. Very interesting subtitle. Very broad. Clearly, wealth is a choice. We all know that. And I'm, well, for that matter, doing anything is a choice. Why do you think some people choose wealth while so many other people don't? I mean, I see this everywhere and I feel that I'm a minority and I'm different than other people. And I know that's not true, but I'm surprised that more people don't actually choose a wealth path. You know, if you choose to be wealthy, you will be. And that's what we said in Miracle Morning Millionaires. It's like there's the guy says there's a million bucks hidden behind one of these three doors and you're, you think you're going to guess at it, but then they tell you which door it is. That's how it is. Like It's door number one. Meaning that if you want to be wealthy, there's things like your show, like my book, that will tell you how to be wealthy. And all you got to do is do them and you'll be wealthy. There's 100% guarantee to that. Uh, it'll be clunky. It'll be difficult. You might go through identity crisis. It's not easy. But if you keep getting back up and chasing that goal, you will be wealthy. So why don't people do it? I don't know, man. Some people, I think maybe, maybe there's a trigger. Like for me, I know growing up with a very disciplined father, like very hard, you know, loving too, but very tough. I was like, I don't ever want to answer to anybody again, ever. I had two jobs. I didn't make, you know, I got fired from one and I quit the other and I just, I'm not a paycheck guy. I needed, I need to work for myself. That's the way I'm wired because I couldn't take any more orders. Like I was done with orders by the time I was 15. <laughs> Right. And um, I think that you know, really got into my soul. And I think I have a strong have to and you have to have a strong have to to make wealth. And I look at a lot of people, amazing people, young people, and they don't have that have to. Maybe they just had a more balanced life. You know, a lot of them just want to have a steady paycheck and have a nice weekend and a nice vacation. And they're just chill. Yeah. And I just wasn't what you and I probably aren't wired with that level of chillness. I even had in the last crash, I tried to get two of my friends because I knew real estate was mispriced. 
and I'd maxed out my 10 home, you know, mortgage thing. We found a way around it later, but at that time I maxed it out and I, and I also wanted to help. So I went to two of my friends and I said, Hey, if you fly to this market, we can buy homes for $40,000 that are renting for 800 a month. And I'll go fill you up with 10. I'll be the capital. I have a bank, a local bank. You can be connected to the bank. You'll get 10 properties. We'll split it 50, 50, but I'll put up all the capital until I get paid back. And as soon as I paid back, we're 50, 50. And both of them gave me a lot of lip service towards doing it. And neither one of them did it. And I'm wow. thinking to myself, like, this is like, this is the difference between wealthy and people and not wealthy people. The wealthy people see that opportunity and they take it. Yeah. And then other people don't. But I'm not going to judge those other people. I think maybe they're smart and I'm dumb. I don't know. I've, I've paid some prices, you know. I think a lot of that, if not all of that, has to do with mindset. Mindset is just so important. And people discount it as something that's airy-fairy. They do. Oh, my gosh. It's everything. Yeah. It's everything. But I don't criticize people for it. It's just, you know, their upbringing, their environment. You know, I don't think, you know, they're at fault for it. But sometimes people just don't have the mindset and they want to have the right mindset. So what do you think are the simplest things that people can do to get, achieve, or maintain the right mindset? Because I think that is really a cornerstone to everything else. I think the number one mindset is to have, you know, know that you need to get the right mindset. And it's a never-ending journey. So like you either got a choice of personal growth or not personal growth. To me, life's hard whether you choose to be successful or you're a massive failure. If you're, I got a a relative who lives at home with his mom, it ain't easy being that guy either, nor is it easy going out and taking risk every day and building right. a business. So if it's going to be hard anyway, you may as well choose the hard leads to a positive destination. And so with that, it's having a vision for yourself. It's getting learning. Like I was a terrible student in school. I'm one of the greatest students of life today that you will ever meet. I am reading all the time. I am uh, going to seminars. I'm part of as many masterminds as I can find time for. I seek out mentors. I'm going to meet a guy next week who's worth, or is it next week or the week after? He's worth over $20 billion. I try to meet a billionaire a year. I try to meet people doing a lot of charitable stuff every year. I try to meet young kids that are very disadvantaged, dreamers and things every year. So I can just kind of learn constantly. You're either expanding or contracting. And there is a time to contract. My 86-year-old ma is contracting and chilling and playing bridge and watching tennis and doing her thing. And one day I'll be in that space. But there's no stasis. You're either growing or you're shrinking. And that's the problem. And that kid living at home with his mom is shrinking way too early. Yeah. So you're not you're not really flowering and blooming. So that's number one is like just knowing that you have to choose growth. And then two, putting yourself around people that are successful. I think it's way easier to be successful when you're around successful people. Join a mastermind. Be around people that you look at them and go, well, shoot, if that guy can do it, you know, somebody told me once I was the poster boy for success. They said, because if you can do it, anybody can do it. And I yep. think there's some truth to that. I was kind of like a goofy failed student, played Dungeons and Dragons, smoked a bunch yeah. of weed when I was in high school. There was no signs other than I had a good work ethic when I had a paycheck attached to it. There was no real signs that I was going to be massively successful in the future. I would say almost the opposite. I wasn't the cool kid. I wasn't the popular kid. I wasn't the great athlete. I wasn't bad at any of it, too. I was just kind of like in the middle of everything. I was kind of mediocre. You'd think I'd probably end up working at a bank or something. But uh, yeah, you've got to. But, but as soon as I hung around people that were successful and I, as I was a young guy up and coming, I put myself in a mastermind with Dr. Fred Gross. It all, had all the top agents in it. They were all making like half a million to a million a year. And I spent six years in that mastermind going three times a year. And I picked up from those guys by osmosis like that drive and that determination. And I, I went from a procrastinating not going anywhere, kind of pot smoking kid to like a very, very focused, super intentional human being. And I think 
a huge chunk of that, again, there's always that little will, which is the fire you keep nurtured inside of yourself. Uh, but a huge portion of that was just hanging around other knuckleheads that are doing it and going right. like, I can absorb that. Like I can pick up that trait from that person. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I guess the other thing is know where you're going. Like a lot of people are aimless and if you don't know what you want, then whatever you get, you get what you get. You don't throw a fit. Yeah. And so for me, that's being purposeful and having a vision for my life and having a destination I've got in mind. Yeah. Great answer. It's like Alice in Wonderland, the Cheshire cat basically says to Alice, yeah. if you don't know where you're going, anywhere will get you there. That's right. You know? That's right. We put that in the book, actually. I just remembered. I, that oh, book was that right? a long time ago. Oh, yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. It's so funny listening to you speak. Everything you say is just connects with everything that I think about and, and talk about. In fact, just last week, I recorded and released an episode called The Power of Joining a Mastermind because you want to surround yourself. It's a choice. You want to surround yourself with successful people who are you know, goal-oriented, moving forward, because that will spill off on you. You know, it's like osmosis. It just rubs off yeah. and, you know, you help other people benefit, but they help you to benefit. So it's very powerful. And you have a mastermind. I have a mastermind. And, and the thing is that we, you talked earlier, how do you be successful? There's a language of success. There's a frequency of success. That's why it's impossible to fail unless you're stubbornly committed to not learning anything. Um, and that is you align yourself with the frequency, the harmony of success. And really, the better you do that, the more successful you'll be. If you if you align yourself with the harmony or the frequency of surfing, you'll be a good surfer. If you align yourself with the frequency of tennis, you'll be a good tennis player. It's, yeah. it's just there's just a harmony. And when I hang out with people like you or I hang out with different people or I'm in a mastermind, I'm basically attuning my soul to the frequency of success. And ultimately, I think we're like clay or another way of looking at it that I've always thought was useful is we're like an ivy or a, a vineyard, like a vine. And we grow along the lattice that gets laid down for us. So we either grow along the lattice that somebody else puts out for us. You know, you follow their rule. You went to school, you became a dentist. Now you got to follow all the dentist rules. So you're growing your ivy, your being, your soul is growing along that trellis. Or you start setting your own down, which is what some of us do. But even in setting your own down, you still have to go to people and be in the masterminds. And I spend a hundred grand a year on masterminds. I'm in Tiger 21, I'm in R360. And those alone, R360 is 60 grand a year and Tiger 21 is is uh, 30 a year. So that alone is 90. Um, I have my own. And then I also have a small circle of people that I hang out with on a regular basis. And I'm trying to constantly up, you know, those people need to step up or step out. Like I'm trying yeah. to keep that to a very elite level. Yeah, no, that's great. And again, that's a choice. You want to be in that environment and you choose to be and you benefit from it. I mean, your investment of $100,000, I'm sure comes back, you know, five to 10x. Man, I did one deal with a guy last year and made 170 grand. So that was the, that was in the 30 grand mastermind. So 170 grand, by the way, per year for the next, you know, as long as he and I are in that deal together. So yeah. it's about three years. So it paid for the whole thing in that one deal. Yeah, ours is like uh, between 22 and 25,000 per year. But I've already had many people come to me with stories saying, hey, you know, the contacts I've made in the first event have made them like six figures. You know, yeah. it just happens. That's awesome. What's yours called? Power Room. The Power Room. I yeah. love it. Yeah, mine's powerroom. Is called... Yeah, powerroom.com. We're rebuilding the website right now, so you'll see some uh, under construction. Well, you won't see under construction, but we're adding stuff to it. But yeah, powerroom.com. Ours is GoBundance.com, and we wrote a book called Tribe of Millionaires, which actually really refers to the importance of being in a mastermind. doesn't matter which one. It could be Power Room. It could be GoBundance. You know, there's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. You just, and by the way, you can rotate through them. I also 
bounced around from some masterminds. You pick up, like I, I was in Fred Gross's for six years, and then I was like, okay, I got what I needed, good six years, and then I moved on to YPO and uh, yeah. some other ones as well. And I've got some on my list that I haven't even made it into. Yet. Right. So there's, yeah. you know, well, same now I'll have like, to add the like, power room to mine. Like Joe Polish, you know, Genius and Genius yeah. X. I was in that for one year. Joe's was great. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's a friend of mine. He's a good guy. So Yannick Silver has one. Yeah. So. So I, I love talking about investing and building wealth. So for the rest of the time that we have available here today, let's touch on some stuff. You and I could probably talk for, you know, 20 hours straight and- I, I'm sure we could. We wouldn't quit. So in your book, you talk about seven habits that build wealth, which I love. What can I say about it? Let's put it this way. It reminds me of Stephen Covey's book, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. So you don't need to go too deep, but if you had to pick or suggest like one or two of those that you would call the most important, what would they be? Because I think I want to have some takeaways from this episode that people listening can say, yeah, that was really good. That was a gold nugget. Yeah. I, I'm going to imp implement that. Well, I think it's, it's goal setting for me. Goal setting is goal setting is my Bible. Um, and it's something that I started 30 years ago, uh, in my journey. And I was terrible at it first. And I'd set goals and not look at them, find the piece of paper a year later, not have done, you know, but 20% of them or something like that. And then just becoming a black belt in setting goals and achieving those goals. And Atomic Habits is a book that I wished I'd written. It's a great book on breaking down goals to bite-sized morsels. But if you look to me today, so I got this, I got my journal with me. And if I opened it up and I, I'll show you, you and your listeners, like this is my flight plan for the year. So wow. that is about 80 goals in different categories. It's very colorful. I put different colors on it because I want it to be, I'm going to look at this 80 to 100 times a year to make sure I'm on track with my flight plan. So I put the colors in it so it's interesting and I can play with it and look at it on a regular basis. And uh, I, I broke it into the eight gardens of life. You start with a relationship, family, you've got physical health, you've got your intellectual brain, you've got lifestyle, adventure, environment, tribe, personal, financial, and then your business goals. And then in my business, the reason I have so many is I own about eight different divisions in my businesses. So I have goals for each one of them. And again, going back, this is my trellis. So this is the trellis that my ivy, the ivy of my soul is going to grow along. And what I find is fascinating about this, and why I know it's so inevitable you'll succeed if you choose to is every time I, all you got to do to really succeed is read this on a regular basis. My favorite goal that I have on here is to review my goals 80 times. I used to do 50 and then I went up to 100. I found 100 was too much. So I dropped it down to 80. But reviewing these goals, because we have this thing called a reticular activator in our being, and your body, your being, your soul, your consciousness will lean into the direction you've laid out for it. The problem is 90% of people don't lay out a direction. So they're following the direction someone else laid out for them, which is why doctors are broke and dentists can be broke. I have in, in our group, we've got a bunch of doctors and dentists that are really financially free because they put themselves in an environment where part of the trellis was financial freedom. And so the ivy of their being started growing in that way. I had one guy join, he's like, he had one house and his net worth was 2.4 million because he's a doctor, he's making some good money and 1.2 million of that net worth was in his one house. And I'm like, why don't you have two houses? Why don't you have three houses? Today, he owns a bunch of office buildings for his practices. He's got like eight offices. He owns a bunch of single family real estate. He's massively successful and he's worth, I know he's over 5 million because he's in our elite group, but I don't know exactly where he's at. Um, but it's all about knowing you're going to grow in a certain direction and then laying out your pathway for that. And then proximity is power. Number two is who you hang out with really matters. And if you hang out with a bunch of lame people that aren't up to anything, 
again, I'm not judging that. Maybe there's some brains in just having barbecues and going having a beer and watching all the football games. Maybe that's a way of life that I don't understand. And that's beautiful. But if you want to be successful, you have to hang out with successful people. You absorb through osmosis uh, the energy of the five people you spend most of the time with. So you so need true. to find them. And if you if you don't have them, you can hire them as coaches. You know, you can go to Tony Robbins events early in my career. It was Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn. And now I'm doing more sophisticated stuff. I think J Tony was great for just motivation. Like yeah. when I was a young procrastinating kid that I didn't have the fire that I have today. I had to go and be in that environment and walk on fire and break yeah. a piece of wood and do all this stuff. And now I don't need that anymore. I kind of got that. So now I'm looking for like wisdom and knowledge and how to apply stuff. Um, so those are probably the two that jump out proximity and then, um, you know, setting goals and having a vision for your life. Yeah. While you're talking, I was actually trying to find my uh, PDF of my goals and I color code them in boxes like you do. So it's kind of funny to see you color code everything. One of my favorite is earn more by learning more. You know, you yeah. talk about that. And so, I mean, yeah. clear, clearly avid, avid readers, avid, you know, audiobook listeners and all that kind of stuff. You just feed your brain all the time. You've got to feed it the right stuff. Yeah, what's amazing is as much as I know already and how good my life is, I still know that what I need to know is right here. Like to get to the next level, I got to get this information that I don't yet know. It's this is I'm holding my hands out of line of sight of my eyes. So I can't see these hands. So I got to stretch up a little bit. Okay, now I can see them. And the way you stretch up is reading new knowledge, reading new information. A lot of mine is around relationships and being a good father. A lot of it I'm doing right now is around health. I'm 55 years old with a five-year-old and I've got to really pay attention to my health. So I've hired the coaches. I mean, if you talk about education, I have hundred grand a year in coaches on health. So physical health, like nutritional health. I work with David Sinclair who wrote Lifespan. I got my supplements. I do my blood all the time. So there's just like and then relationship. Oh my gosh. If you're married, like being married and being in a relationship, that's a lot of work. It doesn't necessarily get easier. It's like anything worthwhile. You've got to just put in the time and figure stuff out. My wife and I are reading Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart book. And I'm just, I just read uh, Conscious Loving, which is a fantastic relationship book. Um, it's just endless. It's never ending. I've signed it up for, yeah. I mean, to me, it's all how your brain works. Like whatever you have in your brain sure. is going to determine your outcome in life. Whoever you are shows up every day. You want to see your life and make it change, change you. It all starts yeah. here. That's why mindset is where we began. It's so important. Yeah. And, and I also want to point out that when you get to that point, when you achieve that next level, it's not a final destination because when you get there, you realize, oh, there's another level above that and another and another. And it's it, it goes on forever. Yeah, it, it never ends. And that's the beautiful thing about it. We're not yeah. God. We don't have God-like powers or knowledge. And there's just like this never-ending bit of, and that's what makes life interesting. It's so boring to know it all. If you right. I remember my, my dad, when he was close to dying, he was always like, I'm too old to change. I'm too old to change. I'm like, that means you're basically dead. You know, like the status quo doesn't work for me. I've got to keep evolving. Yeah. So another thing you talk about in the book is generating momentum to build that wealth. Yeah. And what's really interesting about that is, um, you know, you talk about the concept of flow. And, and by the way, I just interviewed Stephen Kotler, who, you know, is world leading great expert book. in the Super, whole. Yeah. Yeah. What a great of, book. Yeah. The Art of Impossible kind of summarizes his whole collective of work. If you haven't read that, you know, I would pick it up. Art I haven't. I read the Superman one. Yeah, so I was talking to Stephen about this in his last book. I actually asked him, I said, this looks like it's a compilation of everything you've ever done into one book. And it basically is. It's The Art of Impossible. That episode is out. It came out about two weeks ago. 
Nice. Yeah. So you know, you talk about you know, uh, you mentioned flow. It's it's actually the first part of the momentum section of your book, and you know, I think it's hard to build momentum for a lot of people. But once you start building that momentum, it's easy to maintain it if you choose to. But my question would be: Is what's the best way to maintain that? Because you know, it's so easy to fall back into your comfort zone. You know, fall into a groove, and I think that's where a lot of people fail. They they get the inspiration. They start moving towards their goals, investing in real estate, buying that first deal or the next deal, and then they fall back. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's human nature. I mean, first off, that's what's great about Hal's book, The Miracle Morning or Miracle Morning Millionaires, is if you're a beginner, just doing those six things every morning will get you going. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is we fall back because we don't change our environment. So one of my goals is actually environment or tribe. It's I, I get, you know, I, I, so I call it environment tribe. And to me, environment tribe is, what's around me and who do I hang out with? So if you're messy and you're living in a messy house and you have a messy, dirty car, it's way harder to be successful. I, I learned this. this is the strangest thing because I used to be kind of cheap. So I drove a cheap car. My mom was very cheap. She grew up in World War II. And I didn't like to spend money on, I just to me, it was four wheels and a chassis it got me from A to B. And then one day I bought a Lexus and it was secondhand. It was 40 grand. I thought it was a tremendous amount of money to me back then. And then as I drove it and I thought, I'm going to hate myself for spending 40 grand on a car. And then as I drove it off the lot, I was like elevated. I was like, oh my gosh, it's got a V8. It's fast. It's black. <laughs> it's beautiful. And I realized that, you know, I was holding myself back by not creating an environment that supported my goals. Like winners, you know, don't drive their mom, the mom hand me down car, which is what I had before that. I had the Buick LeSabre that my mom had given me or let me buy for a couple grand. And, uh, and now I had a black Lexus that suited me a lot better and I was able to race around in it. And I realized everything gives you energy. So that began my journey of like having a library and investing a little bit more time in my environment. Your environment must support your goals. And one of the things for me early on was to post my goals everywhere. So I would have my goals on my mirror. I was single back then, so it was easier to do this. So I would brush my teeth. There would be my goals. I'd have them on my phone because, again, you're trying to absorb into yourself what you try to do. And then secondly is who you hang out with. Like as soon as you, and if you can't find them as friends, pay to be in the mastermind. Because as soon as I was around those overachievers in real estate that were grinding away, I started picking up some of that grindy energy. I went from a procrastinator that kind of watched TV or watched Star Trek or whatever, played Dungeons and Dragons, to like learning how to manage my inner horses, like, you know, ride, ride my soul instead of like carrying it on my shoulder or dragging it behind me, which is what many of us do. And it was because I picked up from all those people that work ethic that they sort of had. Then I realized they were all a little cray cray because they were working all the time. Like that's all they did. And I was like, oh, there's a better way. So then I found another group of people that like, how do you work through other people? And I began to make more money by working less. And then I found another group of people and I wasn't in very good shape. I was very average shape. And I started figuring out how to work on my health and improve my health by hanging out with very healthy people that have that kind of a mindset. So it's, it's really um, having your vision, having your goals, uh, reminding yourself every single day, putting yourself in a really strong environment and then surrounding yourself with the kind of people that are doing that already. And then you become that. Yeah, that's all great. And if I can just expand a little on that, I think environment has two places. One is the home. You want to surround yourself with family that supports your goals and then, you know, books and videos and whatever else you can put around you to build your knowledge and create that environment that inspires you and motivates you along. And then, of course, outside the home, you know, that's where the mastermind groups come in, yep. the friends you hang out with and all that stuff. So you, the environment follows you and you've got to put yourself 
in those environments, you know, that support you. So I think what you just said is huge. It's really huge. And you can listen to like tapes every day. Like there's so such an amazing tapes that shows you how old I am now. Yeah. It's like what <laughs> Apple ID or whatever. But you could just listen to Tony Robbins. Jim Rohn, we talked about that before you started recording. Like Jim Rohn is my favorite of all time. And for 49 bucks, you can drop by. I think it's called the mastery of living or something, the greatness of living. And Jim Rohn is amazing. And I would listen to that over and over and over. When I first had sales agents working for me, I would just duplicate what Jim Rohn said. I was like trying to teach him, but I was almost verbatim what Jim Rohn said. It Wisdom and knowledge is just passed around. Again, it's a frequency. You're not going to invent a new way to be successful. It all exists. You just have to harmonize with it. And if you're like a parrot at first, like fake it till you make it, you just got to duplicate what somebody else said. You know, I just read a book the other day, a friend of mine wrote it and it was, it was a good book, but you know, it was just basically all the phrases from everybody else in the world being duplicated. Like he just, you know, took plant seeds in the sun, you know, he just took all this stuff that already existed, like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And he just kind of built a story around that. There wasn't a single novel thing in there. And that's really a good thing in a way you, you just need to take what what's out there and what works and just grind it out. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, by the way, the car, uh, driving your car is a great environment for yourself. You're by yourself, but you can create the environment with, you know, not with tapes or even CDs anymore today, but you just, you know, stream audiobooks. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. And yeah, and when you're listening to that, you could be listening to sports, you know, your local team, which sometimes I do. I like my Longhorns, but it's not helping me in any single way. So I'm just learning about something that's really not relevant to me. It helps the university. When I go see the game, I'm putting money in their pocket. Make yeah. sure you're listening to the podcasts that help you. Make sure you're listening to the the audiobooks that help you like yeah. listen to I'm, uh, atomic habits is incredible. The thing I added from atomic habits too, is now I have a habit track. So this has been really big for me. So I've taken oh, about nice. 18 of my goals and every single day I marked down what I did on there. And that, you know, when you pick up your phone 50 or hundred times a day and you have no idea why that's because your dopamine in your brain is giving you a little dopamine hit, right? It's an addiction. Like I for sure have it. I'm really working on that too. But what I've done here by using my daily um, habit tracker is I'm doing, I'm using the dopamine in my favor. Like when I do yoga, like I just did, I can't wait to come mark off my little yoga X. When I make my calls, I get to come back and mark off my calls. When I, I've added the phone on there, like using the phone less than five hours a day gets me a, tr a mark. So now I'm constantly looking at my screen time. I'm at like four hours and 45 minutes. Can I just put the phone down for the rest of the evening so that I can get that little X the next morning? That's just you learning how to riddle your brain like the subconscious i don't know if you ever saw that article that the, the the subconscious processes information something like a million times faster than your conscious mind yeah and so we all think we're, we're conscious mind and we think that's what's important but it's not it's your subconscious mind which is why we talk about mindset who you're exposed to what you're exposed to setting goals for yourself and then reviewing them on a continuous basis that's how you're kind of harnessing that million times more powerful processor than your mind that just goes I'd like to be a millionaire. Meanwhile, I'm going to watch Star Trek or whatever. Right. I mean, I'm dating, dating myself, whatever the thing is people watch nowadays, right? So you thinking it is nothing. You creating like a vibrant environment, tricking yourself in a way to being a part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, that's the way you get success. Yeah, that's brilliant. That matrix you created is essentially your dopamine hit every time you fill in that Xbox, you know? Every, every time. And a lot of it for me is around health and longevity right now. Because like I said, if you do the math. I got a five-year-old at 55. He's 20. I'm 70. If I want to stick around and see him get married, I got to be pretty healthy at 80, maybe 85, maybe 90. So gosh, I'm playing the long game. I love everything you're saying. 
David, if you're, I know, I want to respect your time. I know you've got another appointment at the top of the hour here. If you are open to it, I'd love to have you back on the show. We can continue where we're leaving off. We could talk about Tribe of Millionaires, whatever you like. I'd love to do that for you, Marco. I, I love what you do, which is helping others. To me, a great country is built by great people that are successful, mm-hmm. and we do it together. And people think if one guy wins, another guy loses. It's not true at all. The more each one of us wins, the more we all win. We have an abundant society because we have so much winning going on. And I've yeah. seen societies where no one's winning, and you don't want to live in those societies. 100%. Well, I've got like a million other things I would love to talk to you about and ask you about, but let's just wrap it up here. Please tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your resources, what you'd like to share your books whatever. Yeah. you know go read i go read wealth can't wait i think is a great book and i think you can find me at iamdavidosborne.com that's it i'm not really looking for anything i've got what i need but i'm happy to help anybody that can use some help all right i'll plug the show notes in our transcripts with your uh, links and everything else we could put your books thank you sir so david thank you for coming on i'll circle back with you and we'll talk to you soon sounds good marco thanks so much brother thank you I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We uh, ended up talking about masterminds a number of times during today's interview, and that was not on purpose or by design. He happens to be involved in several masterminds that I'm aware of, and we were talking about that before today's interview. Of course, I'm involved in several, and I'm also a founding member and a partner in one called Power Room, which I talked about in a previous episode. So powerroom.com is where you would go if you wanted to learn more about the Power Room Mastermind. But there's a lot of power in that, uh, no pun intended, but uh, masterminds are how you can create an environment around you that supports you and helps build you and take you to that next level, whatever that might be. So that's just one thing to look into. So you can reach out to me if you have any questions about that. And of course, you know, David is involved in several as well. But anyway, today's interview was um, very unscripted and uh, I like the way it unfolded and there was just so much more that I wanted to ask him about. But we'll, uh, we'll pick that up, I guess, in a part two of, uh, interview down the road. In the meantime, you know, feel free to reach out to my team if you're interested in learning more about real estate investing or you want a free strategy session so you can kind of map out and plan where you want to go for that next step in your investing career, whether you're just getting started on that first property or you want to start building a larger portfolio with what you have. There are still a lot of opportunities out there. Real estate is still very strong. We are seeing growth both in rental price and property values. There are still lots of opportunities around It's just getting a little harder and tighter because uh, supply is so short and demand is so strong. But reach out to my team of investment counselors to help you in mapping out what that next step is and putting a plan together to help you achieve the wealth and income goals that you want to achieve. If you have general questions about real estate investing, just go ahead and email me. I you know, mentioned this on most of the shows. Just go to PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com and just click on Ask Marco. Of course, you could also email me directly. If you haven't done so already, remember to subscribe to the show. It takes just a couple seconds. We appreciate your you know, feedback, comments, ratings, reviews. The show is growing each and every month, so I appreciate that. And I think that is it for today. So thank you for listening and tuning in. And we will see you all on our next episode. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. 
Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.